Welcome back to the podcast. The only podcast done completely ironically. Like your mama. Like your mama. <laughs> I only do your mama ironically. Dude, that's gross. You women. <laughs> you yucky. You know, it's funny. We like never know how to start, but I don't think anyone ever knows how to start podcasts. This is like, very true. All the freaking podcasts I listen to like struggle to start yeah. so much. Like, it's funny because we even have an intro you know well, you we like po- have a straight well, up- most most podcasts yeah, this do is true. Yeah. like the two main ones that i listen to official and uh how did we get here both have intros yeah but then once you do the intro it's, it's like, like bro joe mama joe mama <laughs> stinky yeah well this is a great intro for what we're going to be talking about this episode <laughs> you know what's a great intro for what we're going to be talking about this episode it is wednesday my dude it is wednesday that is an old crusty one but Go die. I mean, I I, old crust. You see, people have a misunderstanding of when memes die. Memes don't die because of age. Memes die when their ability to be used is dried up. Ah, and because Wednesday still exists, exists. we can still say yeah. it is Wednesday. Granted, some dudes. people might say that that's why the meme is dead because it didn't have very many uses in the first place. Something ah. like, uh, "Do you know the way?" Yeah. How it didn't? It doesn't have very many uses. It's just. The way did you- house <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's wednesday yeah oh, oh now now i get what you're like Bruh. i literally didn't Bruh. didn't even notice Stupid. see what i introduced introduce what we're talking sure. about yeah. so i keep saying it's wednesday but it's actually fading uh so we partake in the ritual of family reading. Ew! I know. Imagine being around your family. And reading simultaneously. Ew. Books? Family? <laughs> I just want to be in my room and play Minecraft. Yeah. And talk to my Roblox girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we read books as a family, except it's really funny because our family has the tradition of uh, the youngest reading the books. Yeah, instead of the oldest. Or not even the oldest, or the the man of the house. One of the parents or whatever. Usually it would be the father, I would think. Mm, I would say in most scenarios it would be the dad. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, so, yeah, youngest reads being uh, me, Lamau. (laughs) And uh, so recently we have... Oh, that's a moment. Okay, we're back online. Air yeah. conditioner machine stop. Tabby's uh, yeah, the one that reads the books. Yeah, and we have recently <laughs> er, recently finished the journey that is uh, Wednesday Wars by Gary. It Shins. is Wednesday, my dude. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the book, Justin? This is my second time reading through it, so I want to hear your your thoughts, opinions, prayers. I think it's really great. Why do you think it's really great? Um. <sighs> So it so do I give a summary? Let's yeah sure yeah. So it takes place from the perspective of a young seventh grader, yeah, seventh grade, um, named uh, Hauling Hood Hood. Um, everyone just calls him Hood Hood, and so he's kind of 
Would you say he's naive? He's kind of naive. I mean, he's just but young. He's young, like youthful naivety. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's, it's young it's some as, He's young in an era of you know no internet, no internet as well. So it's yeah. not like he has the freaking entire world. No, because I know freaking sixth graders who have less naivety yeah. and significantly less uh, fifth graders, fourth graders have significantly less naivety than Hollywood Hood does within the book. But that's because of the presence of the internet. Anyways. So he's kind of just he kind of just lives his life throughout the book as a young seventh grader. And so you know, the way it like labels particular things is the way that he views them, uh, like the perfect house, yeah. like like his teacher, Mrs. Baker, hating his guts, and it says that constantly. Um, but so so everything has its like label and stuff, but that's because it's Hood Hood's personal label mm. on those things. So, it feels personal. It feels yeah. very personal from from his perspective. But along with that, along with everything taking place from his perspective, you also see things that you as the audience understand, but Hood Hood does not, um, because it takes place during Vietnam. Right? Yes. Um, and so there. So that's one of the main things that that's the main big event that's kind of going on outside in the world. And he kind of understands little bits and pieces of it, but just about as much as a youngster can, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sees the effects of the war and that, that it has on other people, like Mrs. Baker or his sister, just pe- people in general, or the, the kind of the country with the yeah. news and stuff like that. And, you know, it kind of... So it says what he, in a sense, thinks about it, but it's not too much that he does but you yeah. as the reader it's not very deep it's just like yeah, yeah it's it's bad it's yeah it's scary. bad it's scary and so he's a spectator but you are also a spectator but you have a lot more introspective because you're maybe older than who yeah. it is and so but just seeing it from such a from such a softened point of view mm-hmm. from such an innocent point of view is very touching um because y- you can also he also sees, you know what, he sees the most important parts. He doesn't get a lot of the additional stuff with mm. it. The stuff that he feels is the most significant almost. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really brought to your attention. You don't get a lot of the extra fluff in a sense, like, which mm-hmm. almost sounds bad because obviously it's a war. But considering the fact that the news likes to inflate things, you know, almost blow things out of proportion, sometimes you get a lot of fluff, mm-hmm. if you will. But you don't get the fluff with Hood Hood. The the important parts are the things that catch his eye, and so that that's what's brought to your attention. Because he doesn't and understand like the subtle exactly, nuance exactly. of news media. Or he doesn't really pay attention in the sense to propaganda. Yeah, uh, which his sister does. Mm-hmm. Um, so she almost she pays attention to a lot of that and almost loses sight of what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Hood Hood does not. His his attention is almost. Uh, what is it called? Unintentionally focused mm-hmm. on the important parts, and because and because that's the case, you as the secondary spectator to some of these events also have your attention focused on the most important parts, mm-hmm. like Miss Baker getting her husband back, or, or knowing that she's going to get her husband back, um, knowing that, or well, in a more tragic sense, knowing that uh, what's his name was assassinated, Martin Luther King, Jr. yeah, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. And, so like, and Bobby Kennedy, yeah. So, you know, those things hurt, um, but you don't get, uh, at least from Hood Hood's perspective, you don't get almost the bitterness mm-hmm. that those things bring up, the antagonism 
that those that those you know horrible things will will get it's solely just the fact that this tragic event has happened and while it hurts hood hood is able to still move on um because again he's not or not 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 just that he's able to move on it's that he's not a he doesn't hold on to particular mm-hmm. uh, to bitterness. He doesn't, he doesn't take grudges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's solely the event has happened, mm-hmm. and it's sad. And, and he and takes it, it kind of and very matter of fact. Yeah, right? yeah. And but it's not a. It's not robotic. Is the yeah. point? It's not robotic. It is emotional. He does mm-hmm. feel like sadness when these things happen. Um, Calling Hood Hood is not a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. It's just. It's beautiful to see these things almost filtered. Yeah. Uh, filtered without the bitterness and resentment that comes with a lot of these events. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see people who have that bitterness um, and take things... Um, saying you blow things out of proportion feels wrong, wrong. because it, it, it makes sense why that happens. Mm-hmm. But it's true, though. Sometimes you almost do take things a little too personally, like his sister or even... Even like his father, honestly, mm-hmm. and it blinds yeah. you. Um, but Hood Hood doesn't get blinded by those things because he's so young. And he approaches things in the way a young child, or not child, but just a young a, sir. A would young ap- man. Would, yeah, as a young man would approach them, but just that youthfulness with that youthful lens. But the things that he does, you almost have to agree. Like, no, that is the right way to do it. Yeah. There's a part where his sister runs away. And at at some point, uh, Hood Hood is going to basically take it on himself to go and get her. And it's like, why is the seventh grader the one that's about to drive the car, literally willing to go and drive the car to pick up his sister? And it's because both his mother and his father have this bitterness that's like... Well, his father, his mother can't drive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um... But the thing is, she... she, she, Almost in a sense, she should have anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but the father doesn't because yeah. he's so angry. Yeah. But Hood Hood knows what's right. Like mm-hmm. he and it's not he's not being a white knight. It's interesting. Like that's not really that's not the motive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say. Am I making sense so far? I think so. I would hope so for people who haven't read the book. I'll, yeah. Again, I've read the book twice. Yeah. So but, like, but from from your perspective, am I making sense so far? Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why I haven't interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> So, to me, he's not acting in a white knight. He's acting as, for one, the brother. Mm. He's acting as a brother, acting as a loving brother, and acting with responsibility more than acting, uh, I shall do what's right Mm. and do this because it's, like, my destiny kind of thing. Mm. Or, like, again, blowing it out of proportion. The idea of the white knight kind of blows certain good acts out of proportion make tries to make them extra good if mm-hmm. you will um and and almost it is for some selfish gain in a sense mm-hmm. almost for clout for holy clout yeah if you will if if you can get it from certain audiences but he doesn't again he doesn't do it for that he does it solely because he loves his sister and knows what the right thing to do is mm-hmm. and isn't clouded by that bitterness like his father is um so that that interaction I think really summarizes a lot of the big events that go on on the outside and how Hood Hood takes them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so along with that, more lighthearted, um, it's funny. It's just a really funny book. Yeah. Um, the author is excellent. He's so witty. He has such a fantastic. 
I don't want to say writing style, but writing pattern. Yeah. Um, or writing method. Yeah. Because um, the thing is, I don't think... It, I don't want to say writing style, because I don't think that's just, like, how he normally writes. No, that's you know? not how he writes every book. <laughs> exactly. So, that I, is... And I think it's really interesting, because you'll see this once we start reading the other books, which I can't wait to... Can't wait to read. Mm-hmm. Specifically, okay, for now. Um, you see... It's really interesting. Wednesday Wars is the most personalized in the sense that it is the only one written in first person. Oh, okay. And not only that, you get this particular feeling of almost being in Holling's shoes a yeah. lot more yeah. than than in the other books. Hood Hood is the spectator, though. Mm-hmm. And so you are also the spectator, spectator. because you are yeah. in Hood Hood's shoes. shoes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting how he Schmidt really Schmidt is the author. Yeah, just so people know. I, I think I think I said that at the beginning. I don't think so. Did I not say it's by Gary Schmidt? I don't think so. Well, it's by Gary Maybe. Schmidt. I could, I could just be stupid, which um, we've seen before. So yes, no surprise there. Um, yeah, it's really impressive how his writing. Yeah, his writing pattern changes throughout the books to really emphasize particular how he wants the book to feel mm-hmm. yeah um so it's funny it's it is written in uh, what, what it is very intentionally written mm. um like like every word every sentence has a reason for existing or, or, or not not just a reason for existing but a reason why it was written the way it was. Yeah. Nuance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's not just purpose in the sentence itself. There's purpose in the way the sentence was, was written. written. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool. You yeah. really get that from every single sentence in the he book. He uses has... a lot, not necessarily wordplay, but word. He plays with words, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. It's he not get... wordplay. He gives play. words certain character. Character. You know yeah. what I mean? Like certain words have character mm-hmm. oh, or certain phrases have almost references mm-hmm. um and because they have reference yeah certain phrases have backstory yeah it's so weird but really cool so it's it's just so well written it's so you, artistic. explain explain one of those one of the phrases like what's the what's one that uh i think uh, yellow tights with white feathers on the butt uh, on the butt yeah. yeah so he has to play ariel ariel the name? ariel the fairy in a shakespeare play and he is forced to wear yellow tights with white, white feathers, feathers on the butt. On the butt. And so every time it brings up yellow tights with white feathers on the butt, that's how it brings it up. It doesn't just say his yellow tights or his dorky yellow tights. It's yellow tights with white feathers on the butt. And it's so great. And that that is something he does in all of the books. And I think that's really interesting because I think we all have those sorts of things that we, we label mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. You bring that up, I, I'm, I'm curious to slightly go straight from the book. I think you know what I'm going to ask. What is something that you have labeled like Labeled. That? I mean, neighbor friend. Yeah, yeah, we do call her neighbor friend. Neighbor friends. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think just in general, how we, I give personally, like, people titles, like, our actual next door neighbor, like, Mr. Mr. Blank. 
like yeah. I don't I don't know. We give them titles, and they they it carries a particular subtlety or a particular nuance whenever we say mm-hmm. whenever we say their names. It, sort of are thing. nicknames like that or not quite? I would say so. You would say so, but I don't think a nickname yeah. is quite the same. Well, not honestly. quite. Yeah. Let's see. Do I? I I, I like a the the choir teacher. I can't remember what her what her actual name is, but it's like it's like Mrs. Violet of the very spiky heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very pointy heels. Very pointy heels. Yeah. But don't don't we kind of think of people like that? Yeah. You you kind of think of particular traits and yeah. and that sort of thing. Whenever you think of people, you like almost label people in your mind. Yeah. Is it kind of like how? It's almost like me addressing one of my old managers as blank who sounds like Isabel. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of maybe things that I, I yeah, you... address like that. Mm. I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top yeah. of my head. It, and I think it that might be because it's something that's so ingrained. Yeah, it's so ingrained that you can't just like, think it's, of it. Yeah, it's something that's so natural to us at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Like, I can think of, like, nicknames Names, in yeah. a sense, but not really, like, uh... Well, okay, so here's one. It kind of hurts to bring up, because it has to do with my pre- with my previous girlfriends. Yeah. But, like, I never addressed her as this specifically, but whenever I would think of her a lot of the times, like, I titled her Sweetheart My, Do- my Darling, and that's just how I would address her in my head. In your head. Yeah, just, like, when I think of her, I just think Sweetheart My Darling. Mm. Like, all of that. It, it, like at once mm-hmm. that that was the title so that's that's something yeah. i don't know if it's quite the same but or i feel like at work a lot of the people yeah yeah, uh, yeah. like obviously i don't work with these people i'm a janitor and they're all doing office jobs mm-hmm. and i feel like in my head not like physically that or i guess yeah i guess physically that i actually say these things but subtly you know Blank who believes in spirits. Blank yeah. who works in the back office. Yeah. Blank who looks like my principal. <laughs> like, blank who has the messy office. Blank who has. Blank who eats too much. Yeah. Blank who takes really bad shits. <laughs> like you know, we 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 attribute things to people. Uh, oh, sometimes I address. We've had him on the podcast before, Josh. Yeah. I, sometimes I address him in my head as the Josh. The Josh. Uh, I call yeah. him the Josh sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's one. Yeah, no, it's really interesting how he does... He weaves that into his writing, and yeah. so flawlessly. hmm Well, do you have, like, a favorite? A favorite one? Yeah, that he, um, that he brings up a lot. Let me see. I always thought saying Doug Swy takes, takes older brother. Was yeah. older brother or just brother? Brother. Doug, Doug Swy takes, takes brother. brother. I always liked that it one. It was so funny. Especially because you do not know his name. Yeah. It is just Doug Swy takes, takes brother. brother. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Uh, speaking of not knowing their name, that's one of the... Can I even say that? It's such a good part. So spoiler. If you don't want to hear the spoiler, jump like three or four minutes ahead it's a good book i recommend if you can read books read this or book. listen to it if or it's on audible there's yeah. a great reading i don't know who the readings by but i'm pretty sure there's only one <laughs> yeah jump like three or four minutes ahead because spoiler um but the sister 
you never find out her name until, until the second pretty to last close chapter. to the very end. Yeah, second to the last chapter, because um, it always addresses her as my sister. Yeah. Um, but it is such a great freaking moment. It's yeah. so touching. It's whenever he's gonna go pick her up from a bu- from the bus station, basically. Yeah. Whenever she's run away, and she has no money, and so he pulls from what's it called a bond yeah he pulls he, he's from... won a bond from a uh, race because he's part of the track team <laughs> yeah and he's gotten first place and it's supposed to be worth like a hundred bucks right it can become or worth. can become worth about a hundred dollars but he pulls it out when it's like worth 52 52 and sends the money to her while she's in another state because she has no money to be able to get a train ticket to get home yeah and uh there's two train stations i yeah. think that she could be at um whenever he's about to send it and the person asks him there's one in heather city and there's another one in heather street and what was the other one can't remember yeah um and he's like oh we'll send it to heather street and he's like are you sure he's like yes send it to that one because he doesn't actually know which one it is um but then whenever she comes to him and like they they actually get back together and he's like hugging her and stuff and he says like like i'll always be there heather yeah something something like like that that. and so he says her name and you're like like mind blown like yeah. oh my gosh that's how he knew it's because yeah. it's her name but you never knew that and so you just kind of like oh man wow he's just going with it yeah um so, yeah that part was really great yeah. that that part i think hit most people mm-hmm. in the fields it's yeah. like whoa whoa what do you think of his of his relationship with Meryl Lee? with Meryl Lee. it's not talked about too much it's not it's really not it's so subtle, but it's so gentle. Mm. It's such a gentle relationship. And so... It's so young and gentle. It's not overwhe- overwhelming. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't even think about it too much. Yeah, It almost doesn't even seem like a relationship at all. Yeah, It's just... It really actually just seems like a, like a close friend. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can say a close friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like just a good friendship mm-hmm. because they never... It doesn't seem like they share super deep secrets or something yeah. like that at any point. But you do get the sense that one is always there for the other. Yeah. Even though it's never explicitly stated. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when times are rough, one is there with the other. Or when one needs help, one is there for the other. Yeah. So And so you get that. Again, it's never stated but they just do it. Mm-hmm. It's a show don't tell kind of moment. And it's so sweet. Again, it's so sweet and gentle and really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that as much as as much as us guys like to be all tough, we gotta admit, we like our little side love stories yeah. in our media. We really do. Because let's be honest, we all want it. I like a good love story in my media. Yeah, I can agree with this. Even even the coldest of psychopaths appreciates yeah. a good love story. Um, and you really do get one. It's so... You can hardly even call it a l- love yeah. story yeah, necessarily. No, it, but it's, it's, again, it, it's clear that those feelings yeah, are there. Yeah. But it's very hardly romantic. Like, yeah, it's just such a yeah. It's, it's just, so sweet and gentle. It's, yeah, is the best way to put it. Yeah. It's like a nice cream puff. It's a per- light brown, perfect cream puff from yep. Goldman's it, Best Bakery. Sir, <laughs> it's another one of those things. If yeah, you wouldn't if you didn't catch that sweet brown, perfect cream puff. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you think hauling is relatable? I would say so, actually. Why is that? 
because you can reflect on the fact that he was naive mm-hmm. or that he is naive and you can reflect on the fact that you too were naive at some point mm-hmm. maybe you can't but <laughs> yeah yeah got him uh but yeah I, I mean i know i was naive as hell like i would say i even now am still relatively naive all things considered um I, I actually think a lot of people get that vibe for me at work mm. that I'm my previous girlfriend would call it golden retriever vibe <laughs> golden retriever vibes yeah that that's what I emanate at work I just seem to be so happy so happy to be there full of energy just always just happy to do just exist just happy to exist is kind of what people get from me people see people see me as pretty positive over at work and so that's probably how most people view me um yeah what's it called bro what was i about to say would you work relatable so yeah and so so because i seem so happy Mm -hmm. it seems like i'm naive which is a crying shame Shame. but at the same time it makes sense because usually if you feel uh what is it optimistic sympathy or empathy which which is the one that whenever you see someone feeling that emotion you too feel that emotion that's empathy Uh, empathy. if you are empathetic and i think most people surprisingly are yeah Uh, well to some extent hmm. yeah we'll talk about that later. yeah i think what it is is it's the fact that people understand that they're suffering yeah and people just kind of dwell in that yeah most people dwell on the fact that they're suffering but granted i don't think people understand that to some no one is fully empathetic yeah and i don't think people understand that because if you were fully empathetic you would be crying on the floor right now because every two seconds somebody dies yeah uh also real quick i did say to skip about five minutes ahead but you can actually skip back maybe if you want to to about 22 minutes in uh, because we move over the spoiler part by then we start talking about something else yeah so you should do that um so can i move on yeah. to another question yeah go ahead hauling has a lot of special moments in his life yes like hauling does a lot that yeah. most people wouldn't necessarily consider relatable mm-hmm. how do you think the author manages to keep the character relatable while while he is achieving getting those achieving things i think we all actually do get those special Mm. moments Mm -hmm. um not those specific things but we get things that are similar Mm. you have gotten second place at a smash tournament before Mm. i think that's almost akin to some of the special moments that Mm. hauling hood hood gets you have you got to do the monologue for night veil i think that was one of your special moments Mm. in life that's akin to holding hood hood playing ariel in the shakespeare mm-hmm. play and doing fantastically well mm-hmm. air conditioner screw the ac yeah uh, all my homies hate ac yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so special moments we're back on track yeah um yeah i'd say those are two special moments yeah. that you have that are that are pretty close to to hood hood and you have plenty more yeah i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> I can't name them, but I'm sure. Uh, for me, I guess I can I can bring up a few of my own. I would say 
Not, it's not exactly a specific singular moment, but I think the good work that I put in over at Peppers, my mm, first job, mm. is akin to a just strong mm. achievement that I've had, the strong relations that I've made with with that place mm. and as a good employee over there. I'm genuinely really proud and very satisfied of the work that I did over there. Um, it ain't much, but it's honest work. Yeah. Well, except it was a lot. <laughs> I did put in a lot of effort you over really there. I, I really, I really gave it my all over there. And you know what? I couldn't have been happier. I was, I was more than happy to put in a lot of effort into that job. Golden retriever energy. Yeah. Um. So that's definitely one of them. Um. Let's see. Well, that's my life. Now. <laughs> you too have been up in a play. Yeah, this is true. That was definitely a special moment. Um, that, that I have had, um, for a few reasons, actually, I'm not sure if I want to get into it. Um, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a very, that was a pretty significant moment in my my life was that play as well. I did a Midsummer Night's Dream. I was playing Nick Bottom, the goofball. Uh, cause you know, what other character could you play? Uh, well, they didn't have any autistic people. Exactly. Yeah. Nick Bottom's pretty close. (laughs) If you found that joke offensive, change to another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're doing here, yeah. but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've brought it up before. The two the two little girls that had come up to me with their mother and wanted a picture. Yeah. That that was pretty awesome. Pretty rad. Not going to lie. Uh, what else? Well, that's two moments. I, I, yeah. think, I think that's enough. I brought up two for you. Two for me. Yeah. Unless you want to bring up another one for no, yourself. No, I was just talking about, like, you know, how does he keep the character relatable because hauling honestly has a lot of very special moments Mm -hmm. and i just think that's really interesting how he's able to have that and yet it still feels so believable yeah um i think it's I think it's the fact that none of these achievements are, like, impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? None of them are... You don't have to be a freaking demigod to achieve these things. It's just... Hauling isn't a prodigy. He's just sometimes in the... A little lucky. In the right place place at the the right right time. time. And that's... And I think there's a kind of magic in books that take place in this era. Because for some reason, it just seemed to happen more in this time. Yeah. Um... Actually, speaking, you bring up being in the right place at the right time. I think that the great message you can get from that is just live your life. Yeah. Live your life and you'll be in the right place at the right time. Eventually. Yeah. You'll just hit it Mm -hmm. and you'll just get some good memories. And I don't necessarily think just live your life builds yourself. Yeah. Because that's what the book is about. It is definitely a coming-of-age story, and I think it does it perfectly because you see Holling build himself in so many areas of his life. Yeah. You see him build his relationships with his friends. You see him, you know, physically because he joins the track. You see him build a relationship with his teacher. With his teacher. You see him do it mentally by, you know, learning Shakespeare, performing Shakespeare, writing essays, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, you just see him grow as a person yeah. very clearly. So it's definitely a, also a growth story. Yeah. I, I didn't mention that. Improve yourself and live your life. Yeah. Don't just live don't your be, life. Don't just live your life yeah. and be complacent. Yeah. 
you kind of see the you see a little bit of the just living your life with uh with Doug Swidek's brother. Yeah. He, you know, the penitentiary bound crowd as he yeah. calls them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see you see both sides of the same coin and I think that's really interesting. Not both sides of the same coin, both sides of the argument. Both sides of the argument, yeah. yeah. You have people who are just living their life and then you have people who are Improving. living their life to improve. Yeah. Or or to grow, living their life to improve, right? Yeah. To grow. That's yeah. That's the word I wanted to use. Um, and that's and yeah, that's what Hood Hood does. Yeah. It's a little inspiring yeah. as well. It's a little inspiring, and I think it also encourages a little bit of that almost dreaminess. Yeah, it incur it incur it doesn't tell you to be a pessimist or yeah. to be super realistic. I guess. Um, don't some don't don't let reality shut you down. I guess no, that's not quite what I'm looking for. It, it's close, but not quite. Um, don't think that just happens in stories. That just happens yeah, in books. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's definitely one of them. And I think that's kind of interesting that you say that because he makes a lot of comparisons to, to, treasure, to Shakespeare, to Treasure yeah. Island, oh, okay. specifically. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, how you know he compares the things that are happening in his own life to the things that are happening in Treasure Island to yeah. the stories that he that he reads. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So so life isn't just the things that go on in the book, mm-hmm. or, or books aren't the only place where those things happen. happen. Yeah, R- real life has mm-hmm. those things happen. And I think it's interesting because it's not only just that, but because again, Hauling Hooded works to grow. While you improve, you find those situations. Yeah. Or while you grow, you uh, you get into those situations. And I also think it's important to point out that the... Because it draws a lot of parallels to the things that go on in Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, and not a lot of... Not everything that happens in Shakespeare is happy. And it draws comparisons to even the tragic Shakespeare moments parts, of Shakespeare yeah. as well. And points out, like, no, life has ups and it has yeah. downs. There are things that you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I think that's another thing that's so relatable about Hauling Hood Hood. Is yeah. he does win some and lose some. <sighs> yeah. You learn a lot about winning some and losing some in Gary Schmidt books. <laughs> <laughs> all right then so it sounds like it sounds like the wednesday wars is the big win <laughs> yeah yeah wednesday wars is definitely the good ending of yeah. like i'm just gonna say it now freaking just like that kicks you in the balls at the very beginning and your balls do not recover <laughs> oh my okay it just hit, it hits you with a truck. No, no pun intended. Yeah. And oh no, oh no. Are you serious? Kind of. Oh my gosh. Spoiler. Spoiler. Oh man. I was literally thinking like, oh no, like someone's gonna die. Yeah. So you brace yourself for that because so. it starts off rough. Okay. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay for now is rough too. But that's why I find these books to be so special is I've never found children's literature to be so it's not gritty but so like willing to just throw stuff. Yeah. Willing to just put stuff out there. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. 
like there in I, i'm not gonna i don't feel like reading this book out loud because I, I don't know uh the lizzie bright which is another okay another gary schmidt i mean there's like an old lady in the book who's just waiting to die <sighs> that's literally her whole shtick is that she has her last words planned out Jeez. And, like, she, she, like, has this kid, to the main character, go to her house, like, every day and, like, play the organ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what he does. Yeah. And eventually she, like, says her last words, and she doesn't die. And she says, like, she says some stuff, and she's like, would you get me a damn root, like, ginger ale? Yeah. And then she dies. Oh. Uh... <laughs> And so, like, there's this moment at her funeral where they, like, have to lie about her last words and all this stuff. It's, it's so, like, just, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just throws it out there. I've told you what happens in Lizzie Bright, right? I think so, but I can't remember. Like, so Lizzie Bright is about just, like, this, the pastor's son that moves to this small town in, like, middle of nowhere, Maine. And he's he's from the big city, uh, where people know how to play baseball, pretty much. <laughs> okay. And he's just like, I'm I'm not really enjoying myself. I don't really know what to do. Uh, no one really seems to like me. Yes. <laughs> like the old lady's kind of mean. Up top, brother. <laughs> uh, the uh, the people in the town, like the first time. They have, like, a church luncheon sort of thing. They play baseball, but to him, they don't throw the ball correctly, so he misses every swing. Ah. Uh, he's just not having a great time. But then he meets a girl named Lizzie Bright, and she's an African-American, and she lives on this island okay. yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah. ex-slaves live. Yeah. And, you know, they're not really educated, and they just kind of live their life and do whatever. But on this this island is prime real estate, as it were. Mm-hmm. And there's a person in the town who wants to develop it. And they're like, they don't own the land, so we can just take it from them. Yeah. And then eventually, especially end of the book, Lizzie, Lizzie Bright dies, right? Lizzie dies. Yeah. His dad dies. Oh. Yeah, his dad gets shot. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, everyone dies. I One of the other family who's kind of like, I guess, I don't want to say the antagonist, but like, because the antagonist like is like... obstacles almost? Yeah, their father leaves. He just he just skips town. It, Goodness gracious. Yeah, no, but there's this weird amount of hope at the end of the book. Dang. Even though everything seems to suck everything so much. Everything seems to go wrong. Yeah. Wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And then he just joins a fishing boat and tells this person that doesn't know how to throw baseballs about whales. And that's how the book ends. Oh my god. Yeah. What in the world? It just... It really just slaps you in the face. Yeah. And it doesn't care. It will do it, and it doesn't care. And I just think that's incredible. It's so unafraid. Yeah. Of like, this is how it works. This happens sometimes. Sure, like, this is a little out of proportion, but 
in this situation, this is what would happen. Honestly, you say, sure, this is a little out of proportion, but man, I've met some people... And they and have... It doesn't actually seem all that out of proportion. Portion. Like, I've I've known a guy whose mother was killed by the cartel when he was six years old. Yeah. He essentially lived on the streets and also lived growing up learning how to work. Like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like storybook kind of person. Yeah. yeah. You know? But then I've also, with just the small amount of interactions that I managed to have with this guy, like, goodness gracious, all things considered, how are you so, you seem to be so okay. You're so existent. Yeah. How? You seem to just be, and clearly it's because he's been kicked down a lot. Mm -hmm. He's been kicked down a lot, and so he knows how to get back up, and when he's up, he's up. Yeah. You know? If he's not down, he's standing up and he's standing up tall. That kind of person. Yeah. That's clearly... Once you find out about these things, you almost learn, like... You don't... I don't want to say he has a guise, mm. but... You know he's hurting, but you know he's still... But you also see he's still standing. Yeah. He's got scars, but he's still standing. You know, I got the scars from this air conditioner, <laughs> so um, uh, do you just want to wrap it up here? Stand up straight, boys, and remember to stay poggers.